Welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I'm your host, writer, and comedian, Emily Winter. And today, as I do my intro from my parents' house in the suburbs of Chicago, I have my husband here. We are out of our lake house in uh, in Madison. Hello. Did you... Okay, so a couple things on the conclusiveness of was this place haunted. Did you think it was haunted? I did for a minute, and then I didn't at the end. Uh, what made you not think it was haunted? No more spooky times. But we, well, two things happened. One, we asked, we nicely asked it permission mm-hmm. to stay there, and then nothing ever happened again. True. And then two, we had um, a guest for, well, I had a guest for the podcast come over, and he kind of has a special ability, and he was like, coast is clear. Yeah, I think those things combined, maybe it was just mental or something, but... um. No ghosts after that. Yeah. Yeah. No sleep paralysis, no weird dreams. I mean, it was a weird old, old house where you can hear what's going on. Like, we could hear... Our downstairs neighbors ended up being very nice, but we could hear a lot of stuff. Yeah. So that could have been... Could have been a lot of different things. And they have a dog on who's not doing so great, so they'd be getting up at weird hours. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it could have been that. Yeah. Could have been. Could have I been. I mean, we had some moments, but at the end... Like, the last two weeks, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. I think it was after we asked it to go. Please leave. Or we were like, can we please be here? Thank you. Yeah. It was very nice. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, this episode is great. I'm very excited about it and uh, I hope you love it. Oh, wait. I keep forgetting to plug comedy shows. If you are in the Davenport, Iowa area, uh, Chris, who you just heard, um, and I are going to be uh, performing at the Renwick Mansion, which is the haunted house in Davenport on Sunday, September 17th. Um, so I think you can Google it or event Eventbrite it to get a ticket. Uh, Chris is headlining because he is preparing to put out an album next month. I will be opening for him. We are very excited. We're going to try to do a little ghost hunt after the show. Also, if you've been listening for a long time, you might remember Chris Schlichting's episode um, from, I think, maybe a year ago. And he is the one who has the show that runs the show at this haunted mansion. And I promised him when he was on the podcast that I would come and do comedy at this haunted mansion. And it's finally happening September 17th. So if you're in the Davenport, Iowa area, Uh, We hope to see you there, and please introduce yourself. Thank you so much. Today on the podcast, I'm so excited to have Nova Mangini. Nova, thank you for doing the pod. Thank you very much for having me. So we were just talking before we started recording, and you you had a uh, quote-unquote imaginary friend who was actually not imaginary, and I am so excited to hear this story. Yeah, we moved into what I consider my my childhood home um, when I was around three or four years old. And I remember the day we moved in clearly because I remember I remember telling my parents that the, the air looked weird. And I to this day remember just things not feeling right. And I didn't know how to convey it because I was so young. And that is honestly probably my earliest memory as a kid is just not oh. feeling right the day of moving. Um, and my parents obviously shrugged it off. It's just, you know, you're moving two kids into a new, new home. It was their first house. So they were all excited just to mm-hmm. have their own home. Um, but shortly after we moved in, strange where, things. Oh, where is this house? This is up on the North Shore in Massachusetts. Okay, in cool. Um, 
um, right by the Lynn Woods. Um, there's a woods behind our house. There was also two headstones in our backyard Ooh. growing up that said mother and father. And who knows who's in there or if they have anything to do with my experiences. But nope, shortly after moving in, we had some weird things happen. And I used to question my parents when I was older saying, why don't we get the hell out of that house with all the stuff that was happening? And my dad was like, do you know what it's like to be a young couple and you buy your first home? Like you'll put up with anything. And I didn't realize that until later in life. And it's like, yeah, I'd put up with the poltergeist just to say I own property. Oh, I know. And especially now, <laughs> anytime, <laughs> but especially now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have all this rush back to me until I was a teenager and I remember being at my grandmother's house for a cookout and I heard my father and mother talking to my uncles around a table and one of my uncles brought up the fact that we stayed in this house so long after everything that had happened and my dad started telling a story and it all kind of rushed back to me and I remember I remembered so clearly like oh this stuff didn't just happen it happened to me um I had an imaginary friend named Elsie when I started living in that house. She, I would have described as a sweet old lady who wanted to protect me from bad things. And my parents thought that because they had moved me to a new place, this, and I was kind of weirded out that this was my sort of comfort thing that I've created and that it would probably go away once I got used to having my own room and being in a new place. Um, A few weeks after this happening though, My parents woke up one night to me screaming, crying and screaming, please don't leave me, Elsie, like, don't go. And they had to console me. I'm just a kid crying in bed. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, But I was loud enough for my neighbors the next day when they saw my parents outside to ask if I was okay because they heard the baby screaming in the night. Um, And, you know, my parents were like, oh, she's just going through some stuff, getting adjusted. She had this invisible friend named Elsie the last couple weeks and I, I think she she's going away or so you know they're trying to laugh it off and my mother always said that the neighbor went white in the face because she said Elsie was the previous owner um before you guys bought this house she lived here alone she'd been here for decades with her family and she was the last one standing and her bedroom was right there on the corner she died in that bedroom um and that was my bedroom so I've always assumed since that my invisible friend was, in fact, the the woman who died in our house before we moved there. And I always thought of her as a positive energy to some of the darker energy that I've always felt in that house. Um, I to this day when I go visit my mom, I will not sleep in my childhood bedroom because it's the only room where I ever had like a sleep paralysis demon type of thing happen to me. Only place. And it's one of those things where like, it went away over time. I thought that it was just something that was never going to happen again. And then I come home for college or something mm-hmm. and I stay in that room and I wake up with something like on my chest, like in my face, like just a, like a shadow, um, just completely paralyzed and like wanting to scream. And that's the only, only place in my life that that's ever happened is in that bedroom. And it um, happened, it happened like multiple times. It happened all growing up and it happens, um, in college when I came back home and it happened again in my like mid twenties when I stayed at that house for Christmas one year. And I said to my parents after that, I'm like, I can't sleep in this room ever again. Like I'll come visit whenever, but I'm sleeping on the sofa or somewhere else. 
Um, now when I go, it's just my mom. Now I sleep upstairs in like what was their old bedroom. She had moved down at some point to what used to be my sister's room because mm-hmm. my dad had mobility issues towards the end of his life. So that mm-hmm. room upstairs is just, I'm like, this is where I live when I come here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> not handle that room. But some of the other weird things that happen early on were, um, we had moved in the upstairs hadn't been converted to a bedroom yet at the time it was just an attic space. Mm -hmm. So when we were moving stuff into that house, my dad threw just like bags of toys up the stairs, just threw them, toss them on up there. (laughs) We'll deal with them later. Yeah. And then of course you have two young kids. I'm crying for something like some stuffed animal that I don't have in that room. I decided I had to have. Yeah. So he went up to the attic to go through the bags. Um, But when he got up to the top of the stairs, Everything that had been thrown up there had been unpacked and all of our toys and stuffed animals were lined up around two walls um, in order of height from tallest to to smallest toy. And my father came downstairs to my mother and was like, Nancy, what the hell are you doing? Why did, why would you do this? Yeah. She's like, why did I do what? Like, what And he was like, are you trying to like F with me, trying to play a trick on me? And he's telling her what's happening. And she's like, I didn't do that. Like, why do you think I have time? To go up in an attic and do that. And they've never had any explanation for that other than maybe it was Elsie. Right. Because that doesn't sound like, that doesn't sound malicious. No, that didn't, it was sort of like, here's all the stuff your kid might be looking for. Right. Um, Can I ask if you think that when you were screaming in the night, Elsie was like, I got to cross over? Yeah, because I don't have any memories of her after that, but we still had sort of haunted kind of poltergeisty things happen in that house um I remember watching like unsolved mysteries when I was little to for like tips on how to get rid of ghosts and I I remember telling my dad I'm like they say if you change its surroundings like it'll push the ghost out and my dad was a big home improvement guy um so I always felt that as he renovated a room you kind of felt the presence a little bit less but after after I felt her kind of leave is when, you know, we'd go out, we'd come home and every single cabinet in the kitchen would be open and all the TVs and radios would be on at full volume. We would come home and you could hear it from the outside and, you know, we'd like run in like, oh shoot, like the neighbors are going to think we're having a party in here. Right. But it would be all the cabinets open, everything oh on, all the lights on in the house, um, that type of thing, like things going on and off. Um, just oh, crazy. Chills. When we first moved as well, around the same time as that toy incident, my mother always talks about waking up one night because she heard a baby crying. So, of course, she thinks it's me or my sister. Right. And she checked both of our rooms and we're sound asleep and she can still hear this baby crying. And she's kind of freaking out because it's it almost seems like it's getting louder. Um, So she wakes my dad up and he's thinking, did someone leave a baby on our doorstep? Like, does that happen? (laughs) They looked outside, nothing. They looked up and down, but they both can clearly hear this baby crying. And my dad got freaked out and said, it sounds like it's coming from the attic. And when he opened that attic door, it just stopped. The whole, all the sound stopped completely. Oh my gosh. So so scary. At some point, they renovated that upstairs to become their master bedroom. And I don't think anything weird ever happened up there again. Um, To this day, like I said, stuff has always been 
very negative energy in my bedroom. I don't know if it, whatever was bad in there, like pushed Elsie out, but kind of stayed in that space because it made such an imprint on me. Um, but our basement, our basement is semi-furnished. So like my dad had kind of fixed some stuff up down there. Mm-hmm. When you go into the area, that's the laundry room. Mm-hmm. That's all untouched. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And there's a mural that someone hand painted on the wall that like, gave me chills when I was little. It still creeps me out. I don't even like doing laundry over there. I, <laughs> to this day, my mom's like, bring some laundry over if you're yeah, out no, running no, no. I'm like, I don't want to. No, nope, yeah. don't want it. There's <laughs> this mural that someone painted of mountains and there's like a little train tunnel painted on the wall. And it's the only thing that has anything three-dimensional around it. Like someone glued wood so that it looks like a tunnel. Oh, and weird. I don't know if they ever had a train set or something. I used to stare as, at that thing as a kid and it made me so uneasy. And I just felt like it was just whatever the bad energy was in that house. I felt like had something to do with whoever put that on the wall. Like it's still oh. tied to that. And I still, I still feel that I still get goosebumps even thinking about that. Or even if I walk in that room, I just like, I feel just a cold, bad energy. Do you know any other of the previous owners besides Elsie? I actually never looked into it. I feel like, man, there's other places I lived. I owned a house that was built in the 1850s. And I remember researching those owners because we had some kind of ghostly things. But again, nothing ever bad. And it was just sort of like, oh, okay, this is like this family that lived here for 100 years. Like, hi. Like, yeah, we do you justice with our redecorations. But I think I was always scared to look up who else lived in that house. And now that you're bringing it up, I I kind of want to because it's not like I spent a lot of time in there anymore. I feel like maybe I could handle if something bad happened there that I never found out about. Um, But I do know that there were two stones in the back that looked like headstones that said mother and father. And my dad had kind of like pushed them out into the woods when he was doing landscaping. We always made fun of him for it like decades later because we're like, if something bad is possessing this house, it's because you decided that you needed to put a koi pond in. Because <laughs> <laughs> you moved their freaking headstones, man. Yes. Oh <laughs> we're like, we're just gosh. glad you never dug too deep because who knows what you'd find. Did you ever try to... So, I mean, the, the negative energy stuff is really scary. Sleep paralysis is terrifying. Yeah. But teenagers are teenagers. Whenever When you were a kid, did you ever try to, like, use a Ouija board or get in touch or... Or were you just like, I need to go away from this? I used a Ouija board once with some friends and it worked almost immediately. And of course they freaked the hell out and were like, put it away, put it away, put it away. And, you know, we put that up in the attic never to be seen again. I mean, honestly, it's probably still up there, which is a little creepy. Um, I remember when I was maybe like 11 or 12, I was standing in our dining room that goes into the living room and there was sort of like a half wall divider between those two rooms and my mother had been going some through some things in my grandmother's and they were sitting on there and I remember her and I were in a fight I was being a little shit over something and I remember yelling at my mother and her yelling at me back and then there's a good 10 feet of space between us, but there was a crucifix on that half wall that flung like and hit me like right in the chat. Like it just <gasps> flew off that bit and hit me. Um, and she wasn't close enough to touch it. And I wasn't close. Like we were both, you know, more than an arm's reach yeah. away from that divider. Um, and I was like, okay. 
Oh, was like, all right. I guess I'm being bad right now. <laughs> wow, the ghost is on your mom's side. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it checks out. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a bit of a demon. That that yeah, that sounds about right. So kind of, do you think that that means that like negative energy can kind of summon it? Because like you guys were throwing negative energy out there, you know? Yeah, that, that feels, that feels right. I feel like anytime there was bad stuff is, is definitely when there was something else going on and maybe it kind of fed off of that. So in that moment, it was like, we were both so angry and yelling back and forth and like, I don't remember what the fight was about, but it had to have been something stupid, but bad enough for us to be screaming at each other across yeah. across a room. Um, and certainly I was at an age where I was just going to be an asshole. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Did your parents have any other um, anything happen to them in the house? They never had anything as vivid as what happened wow. to me or nothing beyond the the toy thing or the baby thing. Um because my whole like crying Elsie don't leave stuff happened just weeks after that. And then the stuff that followed was usually the sort of TV lights Mm -hmm. cabinets, Mm -hmm. those types of things happened for honestly a couple of years before they went away. And I do think a lot of it going away had to do with the fact that my dad started to renovate Renovate. inside of that house down to the studs. Do you feel like because you were the person that had the most experiences, do you think that was an age thing because you were sort of the perfect age for that? Or do you think that you have some sort of like connection? I think a little bit of both. I think age probably played a huge part of it. And then me having that room that she died in as my bedroom, I think maybe that was her safe space. Um, and I think that's why, like, maybe when she realized that I could see her or talk to her, that that she kind of honed in on that. But like I said, it was never anything negative feeling with her. And I do feel like anything negative lived outside that room until she left. Because yeah. I feel like nothing bad happened to me until she was gone. Oh. And then I remember, like I said, sleep paralysis stuff. I remember having, like really vivid nightmares that felt real, which I know you can explain away as a kid of just having nightmares. Um, there's one other experience that I had, my sister was, I think was the only thing my sister ever experienced. Cause she always thought that maybe I was just insane. <laughs> she was she older? older than me. Yeah. She had none of that happen other than recognizing the stuff that would happen when we came home with the lights and stuff. Yeah. And even that she was like, are you sure? Like this isn't some trick that's that you guys are playing on us. Um, we had a babysitter once, I think maybe at this time I was like nine and she was 11, but we had a babysitter. We were told to go to bed. We both went to bed. Our rooms were kind of at opposite ends with like the bathroom between them. So if you came out of either bedroom door, you'd be facing each other. Mm -hmm. So we each went to bed and I remember trying to fall asleep and then I rolled over and when I rolled over and opened my eyes, there was a woman um, that I always described as looking almost like biblical, like how you imagine like biblical portrayals of like Mary, just like the robes and stuff. And she was sitting down and she had a book in her hands, like she wanted to read me a story. Um, well, that freaked me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so instead of hearing her out, I basically screamed and ran out of my room. But I physically collided with my sister who was running out of her room at the same exact time. 
she claims that she was trying to sleep but when she looked up a hand came out of her closet and it was a woman in robes calling her to come towards her which really could have been calling her towards my room because of the direction that happened in so of course she freaked runs we collide our babysitter thinks our babysitter that babysitter never babysat us again she never came back we freaked her out so much by telling oh my her what gosh. Was she was like, I don't want to be in this house. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That is so funny. So do you think that like, I mean, did it feel, you guys were obviously scared. Did it feel sinister? No, I think that one was just such a shock because I remember it being very like, she was almost like illuminated. And I remember her being brightly colored and I didn't have that with anything else like mm-hmm. my memories of the the Elsie stuff um I don't remember it that like brightly colored or like that c- clear like so clearly a person um and that sort of glowing so I don't think it was negative I think it was just being startled by the fact that I hadn't physically seen anybody in that room in a while and a lot of time had gone by that I was like oh not again right right <laughs> here like, we go yeah what am I dealing with now um so yeah my gut reaction was to just to just go and my sister same thing and ever since that I you know she's never denied the other stories that we've told her that have happened to us she's just sort of like you're all right yep some stuff happened in that house (laughs) so with the sleep paralysis what do you think that is like what do you think is you think it's a demon sitting on you what do you, you know what do you think is happening with that Sleep paralysis stuff creeps me out yeah, so me much because it feels so negative. It always feels demonic, but I don't, I don't know how to classify it. I just know it's negative. I just know it's some kind of negative energy and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's a manifestation. I don't know if it's some sort of ghost. I don't know if it is in fact some sort of demon. Um, because I'm not super religious, but I'm certainly am spiritual because of all the things that have happened to me. I, I certainly believe there's there's something. There's something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that something is, but I know there's good and bad to it because I feel like I've seen both sides. Um, and I can physically like recount the way it feels to open my eyes and want to scream and not be able to and have this sort of like face in front of me and when (laughs) it's so creepy to me because when you look up or you google sleep paralysis demon they look the same to a lot of people and it it is so accurate it's so accurately just the darkest creepiest thing that you could ever imagine seeing in front of your face and it feels like a weighted blanket that Mm -hmm. you can't push off you just like keep fighting for it I imagine it's what it's like if you woke up during surgery when you're like under anesthesia but suddenly your brain becomes cautious like yeah that is such a fear of mine now and I think it's only a fear because of the sleep paralysis stuff is I've always rationalized it as well if that could happen to me then why couldn't that happen to me like obviously my brain's turning on when it's not supposed to (laughs) so did this does your sleep paralysis demon have glowing eyes sometimes I hear about the red eyes yeah I don't um yeah they weren't like red red but they were definitely had like just this black dark figure and the eyes definitely were like glowing in comparison to the rest of it because the rest mm-hmm. of it was basically like a, a weighted shadow yeah 
a weighted shadow. That's a really good way of putting it. Oh my gosh. So scary. Um, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Thinking about <laughs> <it>. Sorry. <laughs> so you mentioned that you've had other experiences since living in this haunted house. Um, what do you want to talk about any of those? Uh, I feel like everywhere I've lived, I've had some sort of series of weird events. Um, having a house built in the 1850s for a while, um, we used to have things happen all the time there, but again, nothing ever negative. Things would be moved around a lot. Um, I feel like it would play tricks on my dogs, stuff like that, but oh, it was always like so what? playful. And I really do think it was the ghost of a child that we had in that house. Um, that house was so old. It didn't originally have anything dug out below it, like a basement. And you mm -hmm. can tell at some point, maybe in like the 60s, I think is what the record showed. Someone had dug out just to house some utility stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as things became modernized with HVAC and stuff, they just dug a big hole. A lot of the rocks were still sitting down there. And, you know, it was just built out for that type of thing. But the way it was built out at cert at the top of it, you could kind of see through the cracks of the stone and see into the crawl space under the house, mm -hmm. like across the house. And there was one part, if you looked through, you could see um, what looked like a child-sized rocking chair. Oh, and I terrifying. never understood how it got there. It was right under my ex-husband's office. So I used to be like, all right, if there's a baby demon, you're the one who's going to get it. <laughs> it was so creepy, but we never felt like there was a negative energy there. Like I said, like things would move around. We'd see things move before our eyes. Um our dogs definitely got messed with a lot, but it always felt like something was trying to play a game with us. And when we'd see something happen or we'd have like a weird energy, we would just talk to it and nothing bad ever happened. Okay. And, and I'm very grateful for that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What kind of stuff? How does a ghost play a tr game with your dog? Like, how does that, how does that work? <laughs> um. It would move ball like balls and balloons. It could move like around our house. Like we would watch like I don't know why my one of my dogs was deathly afraid of balloons, but every time I had a balloon, you'd put it in one place and you could watch it circle around the house and Whoa. like while my dog like chased it. Um cuz the way the house was set up is one of those where like you can go from room to room to room in a big circle. Mm -hmm, like every mm -hmm. room ends up being connected and you would watch that basically like float around there and the air pattern in that house never made sense for it to be able to completely like complete, complete the cycle around and around. That's amazing. So we always, we always assumed that that's what was happening. It was like, Oh, like playing with the dog. <laughs> that is so awesome. Wow. You have so many encounters. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we do we'll talk about you and plugs and anything you want to promote? My partner now and I have had some, um, weird and negative instance things happen with what we think are like fae oh <laughs> in, tell in me the, in the woods down by what is what is known as the bridgewater triangle bridgewater triangle uh there's a lot of crazy stuff out there and we decided uh last summer to go exploring some of those areas and i will tell you we we left there kind of imprinted with something negative that we think we brought back here to this apartment actually um because i have been finding little things missing that i'm like oh. things that i know for a fact 
were left in one place are, are like I've never seen again. And I would it would cause fights because I would blame him. I'd be like, if you took whatever, like just tell me. Right. <laughs> just right. like tell me so I don't think I'm crazy. Or, you know, if you move something, like maybe you forget moving it. But it's happened so much that we're we're at the point where we're like, well, nobody's breaking in just to screw with you on like a minor level. Like right. that's not happening. And we keep going back to this sort of like fairy encounter we had, which what happened? I don't know anything about fairies, so I, I, like, do not have the language. So you're going to have to leave me. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is one of the things where, like, I, this is the only way we've been able to make anything logical is is by saying it was fairies. And, like, I feel uneasy even talking about it because I'm like, if I trash talk a fairy, it's bad things going (laughs) to happen to me now. It was, we felt so cursed the first time we had this experience that we ended up going back and like leaving offerings for it and saying like, stop fucking with us. Forgive us. Like, here's some presents. Here's here you go. Um, but the first time we went, it's this place called Anawan Rock. Um, there's a whole Native American history behind it, which is great. Like it's, you know, got its own energy. But we decided to kind of sit there and see if we had any experiences because it was supposed to be a very haunted place. Um, And while we sat there, we started to see little lights pop up, sort of like like a firefly, but not. And the longer we sat there, the more they started to light up and they started to circle us. So we were sitting on a bench in the pitch black in the woods while these lights start multiplying and moving around us and at one point one flew like right towards my face and it did not look like a firefly at all it was kind of creepy looking um and that freaked us out enough to like get up and and be like I think we need to get the hell out of here um what did it look like in the distance too we could hear what sounded like somebody with a drum and we oh attributed that to sort of the Native American lore of that place. So like yeah. we weren't weirded out by the drum, but as those lights kind of turned on, that freaked us out, especially when it came at me. And then when we went to leave, the exit out felt slightly different than the way it was, like the way it was to get in there, almost like it was trying to make us get lost. Um, and it was pretty much a straight route, but I'll tell you, it felt three or four times as long to get out there than the short path it felt like to get into this clearing. Um, and after we went home, we kind of had a series of bad luck, the both of us. Like What just, happened? And I also want to know what it looked like. Everything that could go wrong started to go wrong after. I mean, like every part of our lives, just bad shit started to happen, um, just in a broad sense. To the point where we said that we felt cursed. And then we started to do some research and looked up like Fae and fairies and how like if that is a real thing, it certainly could have pissed them off that we were on their territory joking and having a good time. <laughs> and, you know, could be assumed at their expense, even though it wasn't. Um, what I saw did not look like a firefly because I looked up fireflies after because I was like, this has to have been, it had to have been fireflies coming out, you know, like trying yeah. to make logic of anything. But it looked, um, it looked like it had like almost like a, it was like a little skeleton shaped thing. <laughs> so I explain it. it was so creepy looking because it looked like it had more of a face than a bug does. 
And oh I was like, I'm just seeing things, but my partner claims he saw like the same thing. Like it, he was, I didn't grow up around fireflies. I grew up in a city. So <laughs> right, right, right. I'm like He's looking them the up south. right He's now. like, I used to catch fireflies all the time. That's I can not... tell you by the color of them and the shape of them. These are not your normal firefly lightning bug. This is not what we saw that night. Right. Um, so we were both really freaked out. And like I said, we ended up doing all this research because we thought we like we were going crazy. And we ended up going back and leaving like offerings and apologizing and like asking them to break the curse, which for me, it felt like it did. But for him, he has still had like some issues that he keeps going back and saying it's the fake. But now with all this stuff slowly, like randomly going missing, I'm like, we brought something oh, no. back with us that I think is screwing up with us in this own, or in our own house. And I don't know how to get rid of it, but it falls in line with what they're known for, where they're tricksters and they're pranksters and um, I know you can kind of like demand things back and sometimes it'll come back. Um, and I haven't really done that yet. Cause I'm, I'm honestly a little weirded out to think that that could be something that exists in this Yes. World. Yes. Oh. I don't want to believe it, but at the same time, it's like something's doing some, something's like who's, who's taking all my stuff. <laughs> so what kind of offerings did you leave for them? We, um, uh, again, we did some research, so I mean, it's kind of amazing what you can find online, but we brought honey that we put into some little like acorn caps and evidently they like alcohol. So we brought like sweet alcohol and like left that in like a little leaf. We didn't leave any trash or containers behind. Yeah. Um, there was like a tr big tree when you get there and th there's almost like a hollowed out part of it. So we left stuff in there, just little like they like shiny things. So I left like some earrings that I had that were like cubic zirconias and I left those there just for the shiny um we've gone back since and all that stuff's gone so either you know someone took it um yeah. but yeah, wow. yeah we're, we're almost convinced that that's um that's what that experience was because just having what started out like one firefly start to turn into dozens and have them basically circling around you until one kind of comes at you is just like okay we gotta go we gotta that go this is, is not normal amazing and also like you're in a story that's still developing so if you have <laughs> any uh if, if anything happens let me know uh, yeah we actually have been talking about going back there again just to like feel it out uh yeah. or maybe like bringing someone else with us who has some experience in, in that that realm Oh my gosh. Well, this has been super awesome. I love this episode. Um, Nova, tell people where they can find you on the internet and plug anything you would like to plug. Um, I've taken a little hiatus from comedy, but I'll probably go back soon. Uh, when my father passed away, I decided to kind of put being funny on pause for a bit. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, and now I'm kind of getting antsy to go back. So you'll probably just see me popping up in person around Boston soon. Um, Otherwise, I've been really into cooking lately, and um, I have a kind of food blog Instagram called Trash and Class, which is me and my partner. He's the trash, I'm the class. But that <laughs> is spelled trash.n.class on Instagram. And I post there more frequently than I do my, my personal account. So I, I would say, please come over there and give me some follows. That is awesome. Cool. Well, cook thank shark you. and uh, camel and some other weird things. <laughs> oh, really? Oh yeah, my I gosh. Had, I made camel meatballs a couple weeks ago. I made kangaroo loin about two weeks ago. And tonight I'm cooking up some shark for dinner. 
Holy cow. That's <laughs> wild. I hope it is delicious. And thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help people find it. Um, you can also follow me at Emily MC Winter on Instagram and basically all socials and uh, Comedians with Ghost Stories on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much and have a great week. <laughs>